Hi, everyone. Mitch and Joe from PickDogs.com here with your morning show. Of course, we're live seven days a week, 365 days a year. We're trying to nail this thing right at 10 o'clock on the weekends. Coming at 10.15. Maybe we'll move this thing back um, to 10.30 on, okay. on the weekends as well. I guess, um, you know, without college basketball, there's nothing that's going to start at, at noon anyway. So at least not for the foreseeable future. And then when college football rolls around, we can we can always push it back a little bit. Sounds good, Mitch. Right as you said, good morning. The sun really started shining in here. I had no sun before. It's come up over a house. That's what they, <laughs> so. that's what they call me, Mr. Sunshine. That's, <laughs> Mr. Sunshine, well, welcome. <laughs> that's what they say. I like it. How did you enjoy the games yesterday, Mitch? I didn't enjoy the first game very much, but the second game was just a cash machine. So anything that I lost on the first game, on that Villanova game, which, you know, I I didn't have a, a premium or anything. I went down swinging, you know, on Villanova. And that's the way you, you know, for me, it's like if I'm going to go down, I want to go down swinging. And, um, you know, I went, for the, I went for all the big payout plays. And then in the second game, um, we hit it every single way possible. The only things that, that I lost on in the second game was the Duke second half under. It was the only okay. thing that we lost. So I had North Carolina alternate line on the Mitch's uh, big bombs uh, capper. And plus, you know, I, I played it personally. And, you know, that was as high as it would go. Um, at least yeah. th- that was the biggest alternate line that I could get. was a seven and a half to lay seven and a half additional points. Um, with North Carolina, the four that I was getting plus an additional three and a half. So wow. they call that laying seven and a half on the alternate. Um, yeah. Then um, for which ended up being exactly perfect because it was it was a four point game and it was laying three and a half. I had it. Had they let me go more. I probably would have lost money. So yeah. thank you to the books. Um, <laughs> fuck Vegas. <laughs> right? Opposite. Yeah. Joe's got the sun in her face i don't know it's like i know uh, yeah um but uh so we have that and i had that so i hit the alternate line i had north carolina plus the points i had um you and i had north carolina second half which we got plus um plus points on again and then we got and then we got plus on the money line on the second half and then we also bet north carolina to win the game um live bet that at the half and then we had north carolina over second half so to me you know and then people you know in the comments yesterday on that live show they were kind of like um they were kind of um i don't know that there's like you know these people that we never really see in our chat, they kind of come out of the woodwork. All of a sudden, you know, we get to the final four of the NCAA tournament. All of a sudden, they're about the college basketball experts talking about how Duke would just uh, dissect and pick them apart. It's like, we saw this game three weeks ago. North Carolina beat the crap out of them. It's like, what has the only thing that changed between yesterday and that game was North Carolina was playing a lot better. Yeah. You know, that was the yeah. only difference. Absolutely. They had no answer for love. No answer whatsoever. And Duke was the same Duke team that we saw all year. Kind of yeah. good, but not good enough. Right? Absolutely. It was the same team that we saw all season. Good? Really good. But not good enough. You know? 
And um, yeah, I was happy they helped us get that over in the second half, though. What do you so. think the way they you know they dragged Coach K's wife out there in front of the camera one more time to high five the fans and and all that yeah, other stuff? It was kind of like did. it was enough. It you know we'd seen enough. It was for you, Mitch. It was for you. Yeah, I, I just like, Mitch hasn't seen enough of her. Yeah, it's, it's like so who is this woman? You know, it's like yeah. I don't know. <laughs> She likes the limelight, so um, she got to do it one last time with those high fives. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years. My wife was on, in passing, in, in one of my videos, Valentine's Day 2009. <laughs> well, there was the one live video, Mitch, that we were doing at halftime where we saw her crawl across the floor to try to get uh, Sam's dog bowl. Oh, that's true. She's trying not to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, Coach K's wife, uh, it was the farewell tour for her, too. It was a little much. I didn't listen to any of the post. I didn't listen to any of the post-game interviews, um, so I don't really know what was said or, you know, if it was a tearful goodbye or just, you know, he was mad because, you know, he got beat, obviously. No, he actually said he was um, happy how he went out. He always wanted to go out either with a big win or a big loss where his players were in tears hoping to go out with that big win but where they left everything on the court. So he was happy how he went out. How about love and that three-pointer that he had? I mean, that was uh, up by one, you know, and, you know, less than a minute left to go in the game, and he throws up the three-pointer and just bang. And it was like, I think anyone that had Duke at that point knew it was all over. And, oh, then, absolutely. and then when Duke missed the free throws at the other end, it was just like, even Coach K knew it was over right then and there. It was just like, anyways, we've got a bunch of cappers with us today, and uh, that's how we do the roundtable style. Not everyone is here on time. I don't know. I guess they're operating in Sunday mode. <laughs> as long as they're not annoying like Sunday drivers, it's all good. Okay, oh. <laughs> so I'm going to bring uh, Brian and Alan. Nice. Morning, morning guys. guys good morning hey guys how would you think of uh, those games yesterday i know kansas was your game of the century or something right and then you had um who'd you have in, in the other game i it was the only game i, I had I, I so yeah i had a five-star game of the year on kansas over villanova and i passed north carolina duke um Believe it or not, I did not see one second of the Kansas Villanova game. I went, took my daughter to the beach and enjoyed the day. <laughs> and yeah. then I came home and I got to watch maybe, oh, I don't know, maybe the last eight to 12 minutes of the Duke North Carolina game. Oh, you saw know, it was amazing. Good. Yeah, it was just back and forth. So it was pretty good. I was sort of at the time I, I even texted you know my best friend and i says i can't believe i'm rooting for duke <laughs> you know? and then he said to me he's like it's like well he said did you give him out as a play i'm like no i didn't you know i didn't play the game at all i says, I says I'm, just, I'm just rooting for duke just for interesting championship you know matchup or whatever and you know well, i could recap so, the kansas villanova part that you missed kansas came out and hit seven of their first nine three-pointers and the game was over 
That was yeah, pretty no, I mean, much I, exactly yeah, what happened. I looked at the play-by-play and I saw that they did not cover for the first 51 or 52 seconds. So, yeah, you know, I, they I jokingly, hit. I, I jokingly apologized to one of my clients for the first 51 or 52 seconds of the game. We, um, we, we were on at halftime, Joe and I, and I was just, I took Villanova's second half, and you know, guilty as charged. And I was just like, there's no way they're going to shoot 70% from beyond the arc in the second half. It's like, it's just not going to happen. So I really thought that, you know, for me, I played both games um, personally, alternate line. Um, that's how I do it. And I took, you know, both dogs because I didn't really, I don't, I hate all the teams that were left. Villanova was the one I hated the least, but the blue blood programs are not my thing. You know, I'm just not a front runner. It's not my, those are not my you know guys. So it's like, I get more emotional than I know. You're, you're, you're like, you don't, you don't care. It's whoever the spreadsheet spits out. It could be Kansas. It could be coastal Carolina. You don't care. You know, it's like, I know that you're, you're way better at that than I am. But uh, for me, it's like I get I get emotionally wrapped up, and it's like I don't know. I just don't think Kansas is that good of a team, and it's like it's 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 a shame, you know, that um, that they make it this far. And you know, I don't. I think Carolina, if anything, um, has played unbelievably down the stretch, and you know, I think if this is December, you know, of last year, I think Love is looking at Player of the Year. You know, the way that he's played in this tournament has been just unbelievable. Um, I don't I haven't seen anyone in Kansas that really has done that. I think Ajabi has been good, but not like that. I think what we saw in the Duke-Carolina game in the second half and the part that you got to see, I think for the people, you know, for the fans, it was something that I think the NBA fans might discount that that could happen in college basketball where it's back and forth teams shooting low shooting shots that look to be somewhat low percentage shots and hitting everything in sight 18 lead changes you know it's crazy yeah it was a really enjoyable game um as good as it gets i saw the 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 10 minutes that i saw it so it uh yeah, hopefully Monday's game will be just as good. But Kansas was on fire. I mean, I that was the best I'd seen Kansas play. The second half of the Miami game and that were the best in the first half of that game were the two best that I've seen Kansas play. Um, Villanova did reel them in a couple of times. They had them, and they just – the shots rattled out. It wasn't like that they missed, you know, the, the, the it was like clunkers or anything like that. It was the it was the ones that go inside the rim, rattled and came out and they had about 3 or 4 of those and that was really the game because um Villanova had one of those. They had it down to 6 and they had one of those that rattled out and Kansas took it back to the other and hit the 3 and it was like and then they missed again and then Brown hit the other 3 and then it was game over. But Villanova was, they had reeled them all the way in and they had all the momentum. Um, they had done it twice in that game, but never could get over the hump because those threes rattled out. But, you know, we have a lot of good teams here. Jovan has joined us. Jovan, we're talking about the games um, yesterday, just kind of just recapping a little bit. And um, I don't, I don't know if anyone's done anything to go forward in this one. You know, it's far, I'm going to guess we all have premium picks on this game. But, um, Jovan, what did you think of these games yesterday? Um, the, you know, the Kansas, just that shooting at the, to start the game. And then, you know, Al only saw the last 10, eight, 
eight to twelve minutes of the Carolina Duke game. But if you only saw that, well, you saw you know probably the best eight to twelve minutes of the year of, of college basketball. Um, would you? Yeah, well, I'll start with with the um, first game first. Um, Kansas they came out clicking on all cylinders, hitting everything in sight. Um, they had a real they had a real advantage inside. You know, they were just too big. They, they were grabbing all the rebounds. Villanova, you know, they're a small team. They wasn't hitting their shots. Just like you said, it was, everything was rattling in and out. And, you know, that that set that basically was the um it set the it set the 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 I'm I'm not finding the good word, but the um the tone for the game. Yeah, the, yeah. So it I had Villanova on the money line, and I quickly saw, you know, why that was the wrong. Why was that? That was the wrong play. I was you know, they, with you. It's playing the, the, some of the best basketball in these last, well, since the tournament, you know, that they have been all, all season basically. Even though, even when, even in the beginning of the season, when I think they started off what sixteen and zero or something like that. So, you know, they have a lot of talent on that team, and all the talent's been is has been playing relatively well in this tournament yeah sometimes the you get the bad bounce sometimes it's the foul game at the end that gets you and sometimes all this other stuff and i just think to myself you know during that game and you know if a team's going to come out and shoot 70 percent from beyond the arc on me i'm not going to win you know i don't really care who it is or how they play if somebody shoots 70 percent from beyond the arc and i mean they were like soft just they're like how Villanova can make those shots where it's just like you know the net doesn't move, which they were not making yesterday. They had a few of them, but really not. They just didn't seem as sharp as they normally are. But Kansas was throwing up these floaters that were just like slow motion, right? It was like it was like just made it look so easy. And uh, you know, was, another problem, another problem if you were a Villanova backer was that Villanova is a good three-point defensive team, but there were numerous free shots beyond the arc for Kansas, and they hit them. They hit most of them. They looked so fast, Kansas, right? The execution, just the passing um, was super precise, and they just looked really, really fast um, just dribbling around, and uh, Villanova just didn't have the answers. I think Villanova needed to be at 100%. They weren't. I don't know if it would have made a difference be honest with you i just think it was kansas's night i think that you know we saw kansas a few times this season where it wasn't their night you know and they lost by double digits but they they weren't shooting the ball like that like when they lost to baylor by 10 they they were not so and when they lost to dayton right i mean they weren't playing like that either so i think dayton's one of my teams one of my circle teams for next year i think i got them for my final four next year i think they're gonna be really good that's that's for another time how about the second game? Um, you think Love upped his stock and he for the NBA draft? You know, since really since the ACC tournament, you know, I, I, you could say that about about this kid. He's he's tough. You know, he hit the he hits the big shots at the right times. You know, he doesn't back down from pressure. When when you give him the ball, he's gonna make something happen. And that's what you need in this tournament to to move on to the next round. You know, Duke was up by one, and when he hit that shot, 
that was a that was a dagger. It was, and then I, I, then I think he hit another shot when up by UNC one. was up by one, and that ended. Yeah, that, that ended everything. Good. Yeah. So there was two times he hit, you know, shot, you know, key shots, and it was, it was that was it. Yeah, it was it was a classic Duke North Carolina game. You know, it really was. And, you know, it's like I I thank the Duke players for missing those free throws down the stretch yeah, because I, mean, I, I was just gonna say yeah. that was just, when when he missed those. Yeah, that was those free throws. That was really. I thought that was the game. Yeah, oh that. Well, I think I think that I think North Carolina was in control of the game, but Duke they left the door open there, and Duke had the chance because if he hits both those free throws, then North Carolina's up by one. You foul, even if they hit both, then you got a shot at the three to do it. But I'm laying the alternate line here at minus three and a half with Carolina, so it's just textbook. They couldn't have drawn it up any better than that. I'll take it. (laughs) um but i don't know i i think that it sets up for a really good championship game we've obviously you know you guys are going to have picks on the game and stuff but i just think that kansas doesn't have the advantages um over north carolina as far as the inside game with mccormick and um lightfoot um i i don't i don't think they have quite the advantage there that they have with um that they had against Villanova as far as the size difference inside. And I don't know, you know, if they're able to do those same things. And I think the same issue is that um, I think Manic brings them outside too. And it's like that's going to be a disaster because, um, you know, we saw him. Manic was guarding um, Benchero in that game. It's crazy, right? I mean, One of the things that UNC is known for Two things, you know, fast pace, up and down basketball, and rebounding. They're, that's what they do. And there's, they're not going to have, Kansas isn't going to have an advantage if, you know, they have a slight advantage, whatever. But it's I think that's a wash as far as, you know, rebounding and uh, points, points in the paint. I, I think that's a wash. I think it's going to be a wash in this game. They had a clear advantage with Villanova because Villanova's small. But in this one, I don't think. I think UNC might have a slight advantage if you consider everything um, that deals with, you know, playing inside basketball. Villanova needed some fouls on the on the uh, on the Kansas big men early, and they yeah. got some, but they didn't get enough. And you know, they the refs let them play in those in both games. I would say, and I think that worked against Villanova in in that game. I think you know Villanova needed to get the big guys in foul trouble, and they needed to be able to hit from the outside, and, and they didn't really do either of those things. But I think Carolina and, and Kansas are are pretty similar teams, and I, I do think that the Tar Heel Nation owes um, Hubert Davis a massive apology here um, for the way that they treated him earlier this season too. It's like here he is in the finals, you know. It's like they may not win, you know, but it's like, man, it's it's to get to the finals. I mean. You know, Dean Smith won three titles total. You know, it's like yeah. this guy's there in his first year. Yeah, he's done phenomenal. So we got a spread of four and a half tomorrow and a total of 153 and a half. So be interesting. That's a high total. But I'll, we saw the total uh, go over nicely for UNC yesterday with Duke. I'll be I'll be here at halftime, Joe. Um, I don't know if I'll be poolside or if I'll be... Uh, in here, but uh, I, I like getting outside. I'll tell you that much. It's nice to get outside. I won't be poolside. 
That's fun. not fair. Poolside. I don't know. I don't like the green screen guys too much. So, kind of. <laughs> everyone got that point yesterday. I think they did. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you ask those people to play their piano that's sitting behind them in that living room? <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm like splashing the water in the pool. I'm like, see, this is not a green screen. <laughs> I'm glad the laptop still works today. Yeah. Much. Oh yeah. I almost dropped the laptop in the pool. That was dis- disaster. I guess. Uh, I don't know. Anyways. Brian, any thoughts on uh, on the games? Uh, yesterday was a, a day of emotional highs and then lows. I was feeling good after Kansas and then just down in the not down in the dumps, but it was a, it was a great game. But I, I lost that Duke game. Uh, got my butt kicked. We should be up for a really nice uh, final here. And you know, as I'm sitting here tonight, it's hard today. It's hard for me to pass on the Carolina plus the points. We'll see how that changes until tomorrow. But I think it's a one possession game, and if you're going to give me over three points here. Uh, with North Carolina tomorrow, that's probably where I'll be going. I haven't really had a lot of one-possession games here down the stretch in this tournament. We had a few early, but um, the Carolina-Duke game was about the only close game that we've seen in the last you know, six or seven games in this tournament. But speaking of getting my butt kicked, I had the Knicks yesterday, man. That was nothing fun about oh, that. So oh, God. <laughs> wow. nothing, what the hell did they do? Nothing They're fun about that. They're partying on Friday night. That's it's kind of, it's kind of, like, I always compare that to, like, the guy at the blackjack table that says, well, at least I got the entertainment value out of it. It's like, there's no entertainment value about getting your ass kicked like that. It's like, the Knicks no. are, there's, like, what's the entertainment value, you know? Lost by 18, oh, 18 points. Oh, it wasn't even that close. Away. It wasn't even that close. They were never in it. It was like they weren't, it's like they just laid down. What about those Golden State Warriors coming back? They looked dead when we were on at halftime. Mitch came out, got that win over the Jazz, 111 to 107. Yep, that's, well, the Warriors, they had that heater. You know, the betting tools nailed that one. They, they jumped on that streak. So, uh, absolutely don't like being home underdogs, that's for sure. But, um, got a bunch of NBA today. We're kind of just gonna go around the schedule. Welcome Al Ninos to the show. Thank you. But, um, we're just getting into the NBA schedule here. We got three earlier games. Yesterday, we kind of went over each game individually. Today, we'll kind of group them together by time slot. Only because um, well, there was only five games yesterday, so it didn't. <laughs> it wasn't that, that much of a big deal. But with all these people and games, I think we could just kind of skim around and people could kind of just um, quick hit them. Um, Washington against the Celtics, which uh, I don't know. Washington looked pretty good the other night. Uh, we got I was on the I was on the wrong side of that one too against the against the Mavericks. That was like we should. I should just keep a list of like my big beatdowns of the week. Like they have the bad beats, which has already been done, right? And then other people yeah. copy that. We should just have like the beat down segment. You know, it's like <laughs> God was I beaten down by the by the Wizards in that in that Mavericks game. I mean, I, I still don't know what happened. You know, I, I can't. I could. I can't yeah. even tell you what happened in that game. All I know. Is like that was like when you so the the blackjack equivalent to that is you put down three hundred bucks at the table at twenty five dollar blackjack, twelve hands and you're out. Maybe thirteen, like you get one push, 
but like two minutes and you're out of there. You know, it's like just crushed. But uh, so Celtics against the Wizards, the Bucks against the Mavericks. Two teams both got crushed. I did not. I was not involved in that. Um, that Bucks uh, Clippers beauty. And then the Lakers against the Nuggets in what looks to be a pretty interesting matchup with the Lakers at home here. Definitely, a, it's a must-win game. It is, but they're not getting these must-win games done. I don't know in that one. I have to take the Lakers plus the points. It's probably going to kick me in the ass here. But they need this, and they need this so bad. I'd sprinkle on the money line if I'm taking them plus the points. So it's going to be a hard one. They, they were so horrible in the last six minutes or maybe the last four minutes of that game the other night versus the Pelicans. I mean, they, you know, you could not have played worse. In a, in, and that was a must-win game as well. Yeah. And, and they just, I mean, they, no cohesiveness at all on that team. You know, they, they didn't know what the hell they were doing. No, not at all. They just looked lost. Al Ninos, any thoughts on any of these three? Sad times that... Uh... I was going to say Staples Center. It's the Crypto Center, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's a sad times for Laker fans, man. It's a, it's rough to watch. It's not too much good going on. I mean, yes, we're getting Davis back, but uh, might be a little too little too late. So uh, still got a little bit of hope, but uh, everything has to go our way right now, I think, pretty much. Yeah. You watching the HBO series about the Lakers? Nope. Awesome. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of this Lakers squad. No, I mean, it's not. It's not about. It's players. not about that. It's not about this. Uh, oh no, you're talking about the uh, the Magic one, the the old school one. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Awesome. That looks pretty good. Though. It's, yeah, it's really good. good. It's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. Uh, I need to check that out. Yeah, it's kind of. Um, it's it's the the thing is they really have like a lot of top flight actors are in this thing. It's so not John like John C. Riley is in it, right? Yeah, it's it's like. Um, yeah, John C. Riley is Jerry Buss. And um, they have uh, uh, Jason Segal, like from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. He's Paul Westhead. They have, uh, you know, a bunch of guys like that. And it's, it's, it's interesting to see kind of like how they built the Lakers back into being the Lakers. That's what it's really all about. And about like Jerry Buss and, you know, <laughs> his, his lifestyle. You know, and uh, Sally, is it Sally Field is in it? I think it's Sally Field is, is in it. She's the mother. Yeah, I saw like a couple commercials for it. It looked pretty cool. Though. It is really see. good. I, yeah. I, I had um, I had not watched the first couple episodes, and it was one of those things where I was skimming the channels, and I saw like the last 10 minutes of one of the episodes, and it was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. And then I went back and binged, you know, all the shows. So now I'm all caught up. So tonight is, you know, the next the next episode. It's like they've just put together the uh, the the offense, you know. The, mm-hmm. So very exciting. The season hasn't started yet. Showtime, huh? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's awesome the way that they they got the guy from the Blazers, the coach. I didn't know the story, you know, but they got the coach from the Blazers, an assistant coach from the Blazers, who came up with this offense where nobody has a real position. And um, like, so Nixon was a point guard and then Magic was a point guard. And then he's like, you know, let's try to see what it looks like with every you know, guys together. And Kareem, I guess, really did not like the system at all. He didn't like the running up and down the court. 
So yeah, big, it's a lot of bigs don't like doing too much of that. <laughs> did not like it. Did not like it. But anyways, back to these games. Um, Jovan, any of these three for you? He's muted. I would lean over in the Washington-Boston game. Um, you know, since Kristaps Porzingis has been playing for Washington, these, this team's been looking relatively decent. <laughs> you know, I can't say they're world beaters, but they've been they've been putting up more points, getting up and down the court. You know, so I would say it over in that one, and I would say it over for that for in this one because you no know, Robert Williams and. The Celtics still have a good defense, but just not a um, and as you know, a good defense. They're not elite without Robert Williams. They're gonna get the job done. But you know, I could if if Robert Williams was in the game, they it would be a uh, the Washington Wizards win win um, sniff a hundred points without him. Like I, I could see them getting to one hundred five, one ten, somewhere around there, and got. I don't roll with the Lakers, and I'm taking them on the money line. There's no value in taking them, you know, at at plus three, plus three and a half, or what, uh, two and a half, or whatever it is. I would I would have to um, play them on the money line to get that plus money, or just pass on that one. How about you, Al? Big Al. Oh, of the three games, I you know. Lean to Dallas. I mean, I generally don't want to go against a Mike Budenholzer coached Milwaukee Bucks team at home off a loss. Uh, I'll make the exception here just because of Dallas's exceptional, you know, team trend, uh, especially off upset losses and especially off road upset losses. They're 39 and 16 ATS off a road upset loss, including 23 and 5 ATS if they're back on the road with their next game. So I'd probably look at taking the five and a half with Dallas if I had to choose between the two. Uh, I would take Boston before I would take Washington. I would lay the 13. Uh, the Wizards, not very good off uh, blowout upset wins. I think they're 39 and 66 ATS in that role. And then with respect to the Lakers Nuggets, it's more of a contrarian thing, but I would only take the Lakers if they were favored. Uh, they're not favored, and I'm going to stay away. So s- someone's asking about the player props at Pick Dogs. To me, they look fine. Um, generally, um, when the player props are down, or you know, when you don't see any information on the player props, it's just the system updating is all it is. Updating the odds, updating you know the props as they relate to the odds um, as well. So um, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of changes, you know, on these tools recently. So there's a lot more information there. So kind of a lot more grinding behind the scenes. So we're still adjusting the systems to make sure that it can accommodate that. But those pl- the player pages are going to have more and more and more information on those as well. So um, stay tuned. And then this week we have more updates. But that update on Friday, you guys can see, was gigantic. So um, stay tuned on that. I think that you know, to me, I you know, I love both 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 the sites, but I think the betting tools at Sports Chat Place are way better than the ones at Pick Dogs. I just think there's just a lot more there, you know. And the Pick Dogs ones are easier to use. The Sports Chat ones um, is more 
stuff. And that's why I'm doing the betting tool show to show you guys how to use them, make it easier for you, even though there's more stuff there. And we're, of course, we're going to pile on a whole bunch of more stuff this week. So, um, I don't know. Loving them, though. They've been straight fire. I think in all my years of betting, I've never really had a resource like this that just really always hit, seems to just be paying like no one's business, right? It's like it's crazy. Absolutely. Those first quarter and first halves are doing amazing, too. Yeah. It's like um, some of the streaks and, and things like that have been crazy. It's, it seems that it works better on a full schedule than on a lighter schedule days. Like you seem to get, they seem to be better, you know. Maybe I'm better, you know, at, at deciphering the information on full. It, there's more opportunity, obviously, with more games. I think it's also good to get you off a team too. Like if you're liking something and then see a huge streak for the other team, um, it's good to get off that team and keep you off a game that uh, could go the other way. I could see it in hockey, especially because that's a sport yeah. where it just seems that you know, especially those puck lines. Um, it just seems to be, you know. There's no rhyme or reason to it sometimes. But sometimes um, what I've seen is that, you know, I know nothing about hockey, but I give out you know, hockey picks every day. People say they win. I don't watch the game, so I don't know exactly what happens over the course of the <laughs> Not even checking the scores. You're like, you won, you won. Good. <laughs> I, 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 sometimes, I, will, I usually will take the card because I throw it right at the end of the yeah. show. And then I will pick it up off the, off the ground, and then I have it, and then I'll – I'll, I'll check them off just to see how they did. You know. Nice. I got to pick it up off the floor anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the Mavericks in this one against the Bucks. I just think um, it's kind of like what Al said. You don't want to really go against the Bucks at home uh, too often when they're rolling, they're rolling. But this year they haven't been such so such money against the spread. The Mavericks coming off of that game was uh, very, very, uh, you know, that was just a weird game for the Mavericks because it wasn't like Luka wasn't playing or, you know, something happened or anything. It was just like they just got blitzed. You don't see that too often. For the Bucks. you know, Giannis didn't play. Middleton didn't play. Middleton, the night before on the Thursday night game, who were they playing? The Nets, right? He grabbed someone by the arm and threw him on the ground. He got thrown out of the game. It was, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, so maybe it had something to do with that. I'm not really sure. But I think this one is going to be pretty high scoring, too, even though it's going the other way, the line. And I like the uh, I like the Wizards against the Celtics plus the points because it looks like a sucker line um, for the Wizards. So I'm a sucker, so I'm going to take it. No one really talked much about that one. You got the Pacers and the Pistons. So the Pistons have won in the underdog role on the road. It's 17 in a row are we at now? Yeah. It is, uh, it is one of the best. Yeah, 17 in a row as dogs versus the Eastern Conference. And here they are, dog against the Indiana Pacers of all teams. You know? It's... Uh, the tanking Pacers. This is like... Fittler's like... Fittler's like so smarmy to begin with about the, the whole these streaks that it's like I think he got you know he, he couldn't even like finish the finish reading the sentence to to take the Pacers is my guess. 
But uh, well, you, you know. skipped me on the earlier segment. Oh, go ahead, okay. go ahead, go ahead, uh, go ahead. I don't want to drag it on too long, but no, it's fine. Anyway, I think the earlier we got, part we got, is we got is twelve games the, plus hockey. Some of the meat on the bone is I, I like the Boston Celtics here laying the points. I think the Washington Wizards that was a mirage win. I just, Boston's rolling along, and the Dallas and the Bucks, both teams are off embarrassing losses. But I'm I'm going to go with Milwaukee in the lean here. I think they bounce back at home, and then the L.A. Lakers they've been burning me quite a lot lately i just this team's too good you're getting three and a half points i i'd really be surprised if both davis and lebron start tonight but i'm gonna take the three and a half uh two and a half with the lakers whatever i can get what would they be saving them for what would they be saving them for i just why wouldn't they start to be able to stay on the court yeah but it's like so stay healthy there's 82 games in a season Okay. I think the Lakers should be favored they're at, if those guys are They're playing. at 77. There's five games left in the season. They're one game out of the playoffs. Not, not, not if you watched them play last the other night, <laughs> Brian. I mean, Lakers are brutal. I'll give you that. But I think that if they both these guys were definitely going to play, I think the Lakers would be one and a half, two-point favorites. Over the game, Nuggets? Seems, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I'm so. I'm taking the points. <laughs> I don't think so. Line, but uh, I think the Lakers covered tonight and went out right. So I think that's the better of the three. The Nuggets are... 46 and 32. The Lakers are 31 and 46. That puts them, I don't know, 20 games ahead of them. Something like that. They would definitely be favored. This is the end of the road for the Lakers. They got to win tonight. I mean, I said that this is kind of like Michigan, saying Michigan has to win, make the tournament, but Lakers need to win. 15 games. So. The Nuggets are ahead of the Lakers. But the betting tools love the Wizards. Um, covering the spread as road dogs against the Atlantic four in a row on that one. And um, the betting tools also like that's all they like on that as far as those go. I love the betting tools. Yeah, the Lakers line is a lot like their last game. Didn't they open as, as was a pick em or were they a small dog, dog on that? Two point dog. And then yeah, the yeah. Lakers were favored in that game, one and a half to one and a half, yeah. two points. When it opened, I know. Not it in the open. Like it moved through. It opened at two, it opened at two. I think. It yeah, it opened. opened there were two point dogs, and then once it was announced oh. that LeBron was going to play, and it, I released it in the morning, and the line I got because I took the Lakers in the game, the line I got was either minus one or one and a half, and I think yeah. I released that at like five or six a.m. Yeah, I think the night um, I the night before the opening line was, was the other way. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's not um, not around not around five a.m. The Lakers are favor. No, yeah, I think it's flipped pretty early. Oh no, because LeBron. Weird, though, yeah. we, we could we could yeah. we could actually find it. I'm trying to find the line. Now no, we'll find it. I'm seeing minus we'll one. Find the line pickums. Friday plus half a point. It was yeah. Friday, right? So let's yeah. See. Lakers in the thing, line movement. So, yeah, on Thursday, at Thursday at six fifty six p.m. Eastern time, which is about when the lines come out, the Lakers were plus one. By mm-hmm. midnight, the Lakers were plus two, and they even went to. And this is at points bet, so we'll, we could even look at DraftKings, but it's basically the same thing. And then at at 8.40 a.m. Eastern time, so it's right around when Al is talking, the Lakers went from plus two to plus one, and then at, by by 8.49 a.m. Eastern time, which is exactly what Al is saying, they went to minus one and a half, 
And then it's, it's, it's points, 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 but though, no, this is DraftKings, this is DraftKings. Oh, DraftKings. Okay. Cause I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at five dimes, five dimes. Lakers went to become the favorite at what, 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 what was the date? That was oh, the first. And then see. it's oddly enough that later in the day, the Lakers went back to the dog. Like by game time, they were plus two again. Because uh, Davis went to questionable again. He'd been probable earlier. That happened at 5.33 p.m. Yeah, I mean, at five times, they were favored from 3.30 the day before. So I guess it also depends on your outlet as well. Five times yeah. dead to me. They threw me out. <laughs> <laughs> what did the, you do to get thrown out, Mitch? The one. <laughs> they, the, I don't think they take U.S. players anymore. Yeah. But they... They threw me out because I won. It's that, normally when you get thrown out of a book, it's because you won. They say you're a professional. That's usually the terminology that they use. And normally it's betting small college basketball games, second half totals. Hate it. Hate it. First they limit you, then they throw you out. Nice. I think South Point, it's like South Point, don't they like limit it to like 500 bucks or something now? It's like, I forget what it was. Oh, maybe it was. Um, it was maybe it was during COVID or something. They were limiting like five hundred dollars because it was like they were getting just destroyed on games. It was nice, you know. On, I know we finished the college basketball segment, but it was nice to have a really complete season. There was very few games that ended up being canceled this year. You know, it was a great year. Fans in the stands. I know tomorrow, Joe and I will have more time to talk about this stuff, but it was a great year for college basketball. The fans returned to the stands. There's very few game cancellations. No one canceled their season. You know, no one did any of those things. Everybody played. Nobody got, you know, it was, it was a good season. You know, it really was a good season. Nobody really dominated from start to finish, which is, you know, typical college hoops these days. You know, we had six, seven number ones over the course of the season. But um, yeah, it was really, I really liked this this year of college hoops. Yeah, it was great to see. Anyways, back to the games. What do we got? Oh, the Pistons, Pacers, oh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, if they're not too tired from scoring all those points on the Knicks. Um, four and a half point home dogs here against the Sixers, who have been a much better road team this year than I can remember in recent years. And um, then you got the Magic against the Knicks. Just, I don't even know what to say. Uh, <laughs> El Ninos, what, what do you think about these these three gems? Gems, indeed. Uh, the one I really liked uh, was on the premium side. The other, I mean, if these question marks go for the... Uh, it's hard to back the magic. Uh, I was on them last game. That was bad. Um, yeah, I guess a slight lean to the Knicks, but I'm definitely not crazy about it. How could you not be crazy about the Knicks? <laughs> Jovan, you got to get me these three games. <laughs> Four and a half. I would say Philly. You know, um, with Cleveland, they're four and eight, four, eight and one on the second out of a back to back. 
I don't like that. Even though you know the, the Sixers, they're not too tough in that in that um, trend as well. They're four and five, but I see a bomb big matchup. I see a uh, an advantage with Joel B. He should get whatever he wants inside if he does want to go inside because you know he likes to take step back, <laughs> take step back jumpers like he's a like he's a uh, shooting guard. So you know. He get whatever he wants in the paint, you know, without Jared Allen and Evan Mosby. I believe they're both still out. So, yeah, you know, I, that's the one I, I like. I was looking for the prop on, you know, while you were talking for the points, rebounds, and assists on um, on Embiid, uh, but it's not out yet. So, we'll see if we can get one by the time the show is over. But I like that bet. The over on that for sure. For exactly the reasons that you said. And you know, yesterday we mentioned Garland on the show, and of course, I had the Knicks yesterday. He destroyed me. The guy's good. Al, any of these uh, these three beauties? Which Al? Big Al or Big Al? Um, yeah, I'm also trying to do some quick research as we talk. I'm trying to find out how teams do on five game or worse losing streaks in the last five games of a season, especially if they're favored. Um, Let's see here what the answer is. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> You've got time. Uh, yeah, I just to see what we got. Okay, they're 165 and 145 ATS, whether or not they're favored. And if they're favored, I can put on my glasses so I can even read anything. If they're favored, 28 and 22. Um, 96, much better on the road than at home. Paces are at home, though. They're on a six-game losing streak. Uh, you know, I, I would I would look at the Pacers here before I would look at Detroit for sure. Uh, Pistons five and twenty five ATS off back to back straight up and against the spread wins if they're priced from minus three to plus eight and a half points. So that doesn't bode well for Detroit. So I would probably lay the two and a half with Indiana. I don't know if Brogdon's going to play or not though. Um, but you know, I lean, lean definitely to the Indiana side. Uh, what else have we got here? The Knicks Magic. Um, New Orlando is so bad as a home dog when they're playing an opponent off back-to-back losses. They're one and nineteen straight up and two sixteen and two ATS in that role. So it'd probably lay the points with the Knicks and the other game. I've got no opinion. Brian, yeah, I really like the Pacers here. Just everything does scream uh, Detroit Pistons. I think they covered nine straight as a road dog, uh, and Pacers have been horrible ATS wise. It's just. To me, I just think the Pacers come in here and get this cover uh, just to be uh, opposite. Of, uh, just doesn't look right to me. And then the Orlando Magic plus the points. They've uh, cashed four straight as a dog, eight and three on one day's rest against the spread. I think the Magic can keep the Knicks within a possession. They haven't been a good home cover team, that's for sure. But uh, uh, as far as the best bet here, I would like I'd take the Pacers first and then the Magic secondary. Joe? I got to lay the points with the Knicks here. I think they're just too strong on the road going 21 and 18 against the spread on the road this season. And on these back-to-backs, they do play well. I just can't trust in the magic. One and five against the spread the last six home games. I just can't get there. And then I'm going to take the under between the Sixers and the Cavs. I think we've seen the Cavs struggle from deep, and I think this one stays under the posted number. Um, We've seen the under hit for the Cavs in 21 of their last 31 games playing on these back-to-backs, both these teams on back-to-backs tonight. So give me the under. 
you know, the Knicks were a playoff team last year, and um, they still have some good talent on this roster, and we've seen them play pretty good down the stretch. Yesterday was kind of an aberration. They're not going to win them all, you know, but they played pretty well down the stretch. For me, the Magic, you know, why they're not a playoff team, you know, they were two years ago, really not that long ago, but they broke it down, built it back up. The thing is, when you do that, you lose your depth. And I think you know, this is something that I talked about yesterday where you get late into the season and kind of this is why you see the up-and-comers drop off because they don't have the depth that some of the longer-term contenders have. You know, so it's like the teams like, well, I thought the Cavaliers were going to lose yesterday, right? So this theory really worked out well for me. But um, the Magic, they can't afford to be missing Carter Jr. You know, they can't afford to be missing Suggs. You know, they can't be they can't afford to to miss these guys because they don't have the depth that the Warriors have. And while we might not know the second line players from the Warriors as much, as well as we know this, you know, we might as as much as we know their starters, we know that you know we know they're probably pretty good, right? And most of the teams, which is why we're surprised that the Lakers are so bad because we're used to them having better depth than what they have. But it's the problem is LeBron, right? He makes too much money, and Anthony Davis. So they have too much money tied up into two players that don't even play that much. I think the problem with the Lakers is they sold the farm to get that bum Russell Westbrook. <laughs> that, that's what it, that's what it was. <laughs> because at least last year they played some defense. They were you no, know, they were a top a top third defensive team, if not you know top five defensive team you know, in the league. And this year they play no defense whatsoever. So, and Russell Westbrook is a big reason for that. He's just, I don't know. It's like the last three stops that he's been at. He's, he's been poisoned to the, to the team, Washington, Houston, and, um, and this team. Yeah, he has, he has really been a, a problem as far as that goes. His teams, um, they don't win the thing is, when Russell Westbrook was coming out in the draft, another one of my brilliant statements that, you know, this guy's never going to make it. He's going to be a bust. It was uh, because I never really saw what position he was going to play. I never didn't really understand it. And I think here we are all these years later, and I'm still not really sure what position he plays, right? And that's why he doesn't really fit well with any of these other guys. So I think for me, that's part of his problem. But I think the defense always is an issue. You see the best teams... Um, always play the best defense. The teams that improve the most are the teams that improve the most on the defensive side. And you can see it this year too. It's Memphis Grizzlies have big improvement, Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Those are the three most improved defensive teams. And those are the teams that we see at the top. I believe it's the Suns, right, that have the number one defense across the board. Pretty sure. So defense wins. Everyone can shoot in the NBA except for Dennis Rodman and Shaq. <laughs> Even Giannis can shoot now. Yeah, he can shoot now, can he? He hit that three-pointer the other night to pass uh, Kareem, right? Yeah. Ben Simmons is a superb defender if you get on the court. Yeah, there's a guy that can't shoot, but he doesn't He doesn't actually – he's not an actual NBA player. He's just he a guy – He so. He doesn't play at all. He hasn't played in quite some time. If he would play, he would be playing defense. <laughs> the Lakers have a roster to play defense with. It's just they don't. I mean, yeah, Ben Westbrook Simmons is actually... should be able to guard any point guard in the league. Ben Davis Simmons is a good defender. James K 
can be a good defender when he wants to, but a lot of times there's a little bit of lack of effort, I think, on that side. But it's crazy. Bradley's a, used to be a great defender. I don't know. It's tough. Howard isn't exactly uh, known for his shooting. I don't know. The Lakers, uh, it's just to me amazing that, that they're, they're at this point. You know, two years, it's really two years in a row. It didn't come out of nowhere. They were a play-in team last year at early exit. Yeah. I think it was just too comfortable throughout the whole season. Thought they would uh, just be able to win whenever they wanted to turn it on, and it just hasn't been the case. Got uh, six more games to go over. We got the Miami Heat and the Toronto Raptors. Interesting one. The Heat looked real good yesterday. Just busted up the Bulls who just can't beat a team with a winning record to save their life. The Rockets against the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves should just play the Knicks. Then I could just avoid those games. Right? I just could just avoid them altogether. And then the Thunder Buddies up against Phoenix Suns. Thunder have kind of run out of gas on the cover machine a little bit. But still 7-3 against the number in the last 10. Al Ninos, Thunder Buddies for life, or uh, you off the ship? Uh, other than my premium pick, I think uh, that's maybe my favorite play on the board, yeah. I don't mind taking 14.5 points with the Thunder here against a banged-up Phoenix team, so I'll take those points, sure. Thunder Buddies today. I don't know about for life, but today... <laughs> Jovan, any of these three games? Well, they have been good to us. They have been good. It's been a good year. Joe Madden's in and out of the uh, picture. Here she is. She's back. Sorry about that. My internet froze completely up. She's changed her wardrobe. No. <laughs> I wish I could have that <laughs> It's cold in here. I could have gotten a It's hoodie. like a Stevie Nicks concert. It's like, it's like what did that? Did she just change again? It's like, how did that even happen? It's like, it's like Fleetwood Mac. It's like Stevie Nicks. I saw Fleetwood Mac. Stevie Nicks, they, they played 18 songs. Stevie Nicks wore 27 outfits. It's like, how did that even happen? Yeah, I, mean, I was looking at the um, the Heat or Raptors under, but it's going down a couple points um, in the last uh, couple hours. Um, tread lightly on that. When the Heat um, on second nights of back to backs, uh, they uptick. It's an uptick in points that they allow. Uh, I think I'm not. I'm, I'm not too sure on the exact amount of points, but I think it's a considerable number. Um, and they're four and, four and one to the under, I mean, to the over in their last five games as the underdog. So I would say tread lightly on that one. So that would be a lean at best at, at this particular um, total, which is, I think, 212, 212 and a half at this point. Um, and yeah, the, the Phoenix Suns OKC game, last game that I took and I was on OKC. They got boat raced by twenty, so I can't touch it. So I, I even even with even at fourteen. Going on fifteen, looks like. Big Al, any of these? 
Oh, you know, I think the Phoenix, Oklahoma City game's interesting. You, you were asking about, you know, what do you do? Do you jump off the OKC ship now that they failed their last two games? But they're still the second-best team in the league against the spread this season behind Memphis. Memphis has covered 65.3%, OKC covering 63%. If you take a look at how teams do in the second half of the season, if they've got a 62.5% or better, you know, ATS win percentage, if they're off back-to-back, point spread losses and they're playing at home they've covered the spread 45 out of 62 times so maybe take a look at Oklahoma City here I although you know you don't really want to go against Phoenix uh in this situation I think what Phoenix coming off that upset loss as well you know on the road so you know for me maybe with a gun to my head I'd take the points with OKC but it's a shaky nod um Nothing, no opinion on Miami, Toronto, no opinion on Minnesota, Houston. Uh, my favorite game on the board is the Portland San Antonio game. That's a premium play for me. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think. Brian? Yeah, it's my least favorite spot of the board here. But if you, like Al said, if you had a gun to my head, I would take the Thunder plus the points. They've been a solid cover team all year. And the Suns without Aiton and Booker, I believe, in this one. And we all know the books are aware of it, but I just think that's a ton of points. And the Houston Rockets plus the points at home. I mean, they've been a horrible home cover team, dreadful. But I just uh, don't see the Wolves beating them up here. I'll take the slight lean to the Rockets. And the better play is probably the Thunder plus the points. Joe? Um, so the Phoenix Suns Oklahoma City Thunder game. I'm going to take OKC's team total over. It's 103 and a half at minus 115. I think they just go above this, and then that saves me from if they don't cover the spread. I think they can get the points on the board here um, in a higher scoring game. So I'm going to take them over the 103 and a half. And then I've got to, no, with the Miami-Toronto game, i got to take that over. 112 and a half, I think we just go over in this one. I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I'm not taking a side in this. I really hope Toronto comes out and wins it. Um, but that, that's a homer bet for me. So give me the over in this one. I like that over. <clears throat> I like that over a lot too. Yeah. What about you, Mitch? think um i don't know it's it's a tough slot i think that um i like kind of like the raptors here against the heat just the heat we haven't seen them you know be super consistent here down the stretch and i think coming off of the big win yesterday um in chicago i could see a little bit of a letdown spot here against toronto who's been playing pretty well probably better right now but the heat generally they do step it up against the better teams so to me it's a lean maybe to the raptors you guys got any thoughts on lowry playing in toronto in toronto today going back there I don't think he'll be too worried about his back-to-back. He should be ready to go for this one. Yeah, sad day for Toronto Raptors fans when he left. That's for sure. I cried a tear, have to say it. Hurt. Kind of seemed like he was going to be a lifer, right? Well, he had had been on Memphis before that, so... 
Yeah, we wanted him. We wanted him to stay. He's <laughs> kind of like sure. he's kind of you know he kind of was comfortable there though. Seemed like he yeah. was comfortable there. I think Van Vliet was doing a lot of the same things though, so I think they were good with uh, going with him and seeing what they could get for that. I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what the trade, how the trade went down. So, and when he was but on they Memphis, felt pretty good with Van Vliet. Yeah, he didn't even look like the same player when he was on Memphis. He was like 40 pounds heavier, you know. Something he like bounced that. around from several teams um, early in his career. He started out with Houston, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. Yep. But he was like much heavier, right? Wasn't he like 40, 50 pounds heavier? It was just a much, like, like he had a gut. Maybe that's why I think he, he reminds me a lot of that. Yeah, he was on thin ice in the NBA for a while. And then he just clicked in, in, in Toronto. Found a home there. Yeah. That's basically what happened. We got Mills with us now. Mills, we've kind of just gone through the over the college games. We're kind of going through the NBA schedule here. Um, we're about um, three quarters of the way through it at this point. Um, I don't know if if you had a specific game that you wanted to go over, or you want to just. I mean, hop in. Yeah, I'll, I'll just hop on in. I mean, I hear what you guys are saying already on the on the Heat game, and um. One way I look at it is like this. Uh, I lean toward the Raptors. It's just hard to bet the Heat, you know, and to get a good read on them. Uh, it's one of those teams to where you think when they're good, you know, bet on them. Uh, they're going to win the game, and they don't cover. Matter of fact, they don't even win. So that's rule number one for me. Uh, I never bet the Miami Heat in any game, any year. Learned that two years ago. So I'm not, I'm not liking the Heat in this game at all. You never bet the Heat ever? Ever again. Mm-mm. Dead to you? Like, like straight dead to you? Dead. So Timberwolves. <laughs> Timberwolves for it. I bet them six times that I counted on. Six times to where after the fourth time I said I'm never going to bet them again. And I did it the fifth and sixth just to prove my point right. And they lost both the bets. And, I mean, these are teams to where – I'm talking about it was team. It was like years to where they're they're playing my Kings, years to where they're playing the Rockets. You know, like they just never cover for me. I was doing a live stream one time covering them play by play. Same thing. So yeah, that's that's rule number. Dead one. to you. Never bet wow. Dead. Best record in the Eastern Conference. Dead to you. Dead. Don't bet them. <laughs> well, tell us. If well, they covered for me. I had them yesterday. I had them yesterday. <laughs> they covered pretty easily. I, I enjoyed 43 myself. Three and thirty-four, uh, forty-three, thirty-four, and one against the spread, though. Yeah, but zero oh, and six when Mills bets him. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. What if you take the other side? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe we got to find out when Mills uh, has got to lean to the heat. <laughs> <laughs> when I pick the other side, I usually cover with the points. Um, this is the thing. This, this is the thing. All right. So with that being said, I think I figured it out. The reason why I probably lose with the Heat is because I always bet them when they're like a minus 140, 150 favorite, you know. So I think that's probably the thing where it's one of those shoe-in games to where you look at them like, oh, yeah, this is a pencil-in win for them, you know, and you expect them to win. So I think I fall for those traps right there on the Miami Heat, and those are the games that I actually lost and bet on them. But, yeah, yeah rule number one for me, I can't win with them. Throw that on the pig dogs betting tools. Mills versus the uh, rap. Uh, we could sorry. do that. We could probably do that. Probably do that. <laughs> Love it. Probably. Do but, it. 
But, but yeah, now I was looking at a, a little bit of uh, one of the games uh, coming out a little later on the West Coast. Uh, All right, well we're on. We're just getting up to that time slot. Joe, did you go on these games? games? Or yeah, you did. Yeah, right? I did. So I follow I up. Did. So we're on the last the slot of games. Everyone? Yep. Okay. Yep. Got the uh, Spurs against the Portland Trailblazers, and uh, yikes! I think the Blazers and the Thunder should just play each other from here on out. G League game. Um, Kings and the, the Warriors could join that league, no? Who? Rockets and Lakers. Are they eligible? Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> the Lakers. Playing game for that tournament. And then, uh, well, you know what's going to happen. The Lakers are not going to make the playoffs. They're going to get a lottery pick. They're going to end up getting the number one overall, getting <laughs> to Shiwe from uh, Kentucky. Right? It's like problem solved. It's uh, pretty much, you know, it's like. That's what will happen. I was looking at the NFL draft already. I don't know why. Something. Oh, you know what it was? Because they were saying that the Dolphins, when they traded Devontae Parker, which yeah. congr- <laughs> this is the funny comment that I, re- that I read about this. This is the best, right? This is my favorite comment of the entire article they read. Bill Belichick is very familiar with Parker from all the games that the Dolphins play. It's, it's, this guy never plays. It's like, no way. It's like, you're familiar with this guy from the games he played against the Patriots? What, in a walking boot? Because that's what this guy's uniform is. He's, he's, it's like, oh, my God. No way, you know, have you ever seen this guy play? Like, I don't, I, no way. He's, he's, where, where is the draft this year, Mitch? Vegas. It is Vegas again? Okay. Draft is in Vegas. And, um, well, I don't think it was in, was it in Vegas last year? Yeah, it was last year in Vegas. Or no, was it in, meant to be in Vegas the year that then, it was uh, canceled? I think, I think it was, it wasn't canceled. canceled. I think it was COVID, right? Yeah, that's right. So it was, but this year, I believe it's in Vegas. The Dolphins have no picks, but they're saying in 2023, the following year, They've got two number ones, like three number twos. They've got like a loaded draft. So if they really see someone in this draft, my guess is they'll trade back in. This Dolphins have been super active trading on uh, draft day recently, recent years. Anyways, Spurs and the Blazers. Both these teams. um, Spurs might be a playoff team. Al's a Spurs fan. I got a question for him when we get to this one. Not necessarily about the game. Um, Kings against the Warriors and the Clippers versus the Pelicans. Mills, what are you thinking? Any of these three? Yes, sir. I definitely, um, I'm going to be looking at one of these games on here for a premium play. Uh, I can't really speak on that game too much. Um, that's the, that's the Kings game. I got that as a premium play. Um, did you go over the Pelicans and Clippers as well? It's just these three. We haven't gone over. We're just starting. We're just getting the yeah. ball rolling. I mean, a lot of players going to be out for the Phoenix Suns, so you guys might want to tread lightly with that. So uh, uh, looking at the little injury reports, looks like uh, Devin Booker is going to be out. Crowder's going to be out. Aiden's going to be out. Ain't no for the Oklahoma Thunder. They ain't playing nobody. So it's going to be a hard, uh, hard stretch game in that one. Line going in the opposite direction, though than you would think with those guys out. The line movement. 
Well, the thing is that you would think when the, with those players out, you know, Booker, right, that the line would drop two to three points at least, even if they're playing the Thunder. So I don't know if the yeah. injury report is off or if, um, just no one cares. I'll have to look. I got so many things go to my player pages. Injuries. Giannis day to day. LeBron James. Aiton out. Are you sure Booker's out? Man, see, I'm going off of uh, – actually, yeah, I'm not going off the updated uh, pick dogs um, – uh, injury report, so I'm just looking at my ESPN actually. So I could be no, uh, Crowder Booker. I'm showing the same thing Crowder Booker, Crowder, Crowder Booker, Booker Kaminsky, all um, Aiton. No, I'm showing the same thing updated an hour ago. Rest, maybe I should be out with rest. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a back-to-back, Mitch. I am on a back-to-back. How many back-to-back are you on now? What are we doing tomorrow? (laughs) What are we going to do tomorrow? No fun. Sit here and laugh. Why don't they play the consolation game anymore? They used to have the consolation game. Do they still have it? They actually had it in the MIT, I think. uh, Was it last year they went back to it for one year? I like it. Consolation game. It would be Duke against uh, Villanova. Be a good game. That would be a good game. The old consolation game. They should have it. Anyways, where are we at? El Ninos? The last two games. Um... Yeah, uh, maybe small lean to the Warriors and small lean to Pelicans, Moneyline. Not crazy about that one. Paul George been playing pretty well. Clippers had been pretty well good before he came back anyway. Uh, yeah, there's two tough games here. But yeah, lean in uh, Warriors, Pelicans. Jovan? We didn't touch on the Paul and San Antonio game, right? No, it's in no, this right. in this section. Right. Sheesh. Um Yeah, looking at that game, it's a lot of it's a lot of points to be laying on with the San Antonio team, even though they they're playing a bad Trailblazers team. I would say I would say over. You know, just looking at these two teams and how defense is is basically non-existent with these two teams, which is you know surprising with a San Antonio team who used to you know at least play defense, um, give up 113.3 points per game this season, and Portland they're 28th in the in the league at that. In that category, 115.1. So I'll you know, I'll take a shot with the over. I think you can get there. Al, would you rather have the big Al? Would you rather have the last playoff spot in the uh, in the standings, or would you rather be in the draft lottery? Well, 
I, I'm trying to find out the answer to this. I think the answer is if you don't make the playoffs, so if you play in the play-in round, but you don't make the playoffs, I think you're still in the lottery, right? I still think, you know, um, it's like you didn't make the playoffs, right? And so, I mean, I, I don't think the San Antonio, one way or the other, they're, even if, if they finish ninth or 10th, they're not going to make the playoffs. Um, the, the other strange rule with the NBA thing, because I'm just looking at the Spurs with, the, you know, vis-a-vis the Lakers, because that's really the team that they might be able to gain one spot in the, in, in the draft. The Spurs could finish ahead of them in the playing round tie-breaking rules, but then if they finish tied if, and the Spurs win the tiebreaker, if that's what ends up happening, I'm pretty sure they still do a coin flip for the lottery position because that happened to San Antonio back in um, in the Carl Malone draft in 19, whatever it was, 83 or whatever, and the Spurs lost the coin flip to uh, the Utah Jazz, and the Jazz selected Malone 12th, and we got Frederick Hughes 13th. So <laughs> kind of set us back a few years. Um, anyway, I mean, I just hope San Antonio gets the highest, you know, more ping pong balls as they can because we're not yeah. going to. It's not a true lottery. It's not a true lottery. Only the first four. Lottery. Only the first four teams are decided through the lottery. Everything else is, you know, by record. I, th- I think whoever loses the playing game is eligible, yeah. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, as, as a fan, it's just kind of pointless to even make the playoffs because you're going to play the Phoenix Suns if you're seeded eighth, and what the hell is the point, you know? So, you know, I'm kind of rooting. I mean, I, I was rooting for the Lakers to beat the Pelicans. I'll, I'm just rooting for the Spurs not to make the playoffs. But um, oh, well, let me let me mention something about the Golden State Sacramento game. This, um, you know, Golden State's off an ATS win. They upset Utah their last game, and now they're playing a revenge-minded Sacramento Kings team uh, that they beat by 12 points in the last meeting. And Golden State now is 20 and 59 ATS off a point spread win if they're playing an opponent with revenge, including 0 and 8 ATS their last eight. So. You know, that's just one of Golden State's weak spots. I, I would take Sacramento plus the points here, even if De'Aaron Fox isn't playing, which I don't know. I don't think he is. But um, No, Fox is not in the lineup. Yeah, he's um, out. Yeah, yeah, so he's out. Sabonis is out. Uh, I, I'd still take the five and a half with uh, Sacramento. So the, the 14th team in the lottery has what, what a 1.7% chance. Less than that. What is it? 0. 0.5. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Just... Out of um, out of a thousand, I think it's a thousand ping pong balls. You only have five. Yeah. But they wouldn't be the 14th team, right? I mean, they would be if you go by record. Um, yeah, because the Eastern teams would be ahead of them. For right. Sure. I mean, San Antonio would be. Whatever it would be, twelfth or eleventh, or whatever. Yeah. I think them and the Lakers are trying to make it eighth, whatever. So. At eighth, you get sixty, which is actually not bad, because the top three only get one hundred and forty. So I would say, you know, it's really well, not we, that bad. 
Yeah, the, the, the other thing that's important for the Spurs, I don't know if they're going to plan to do this, but they have three picks, I think, in the top 25 or whatever it is in the, in, in the first round. And they may try to package those three together and swap them with one of the teams in the top one or two or three who would be happy moving down, for example, to number eight. You know, and, 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 and you know, if the Spurs see somebody they like at the very, very top of the draft, they might be able to group those three first-round picks together and trade up. So. Who's the guy that would fit the best with the Spurs right now? Keegan Murray. He's got not going to be there. I, mean, <laughs> I, I would say, you know, I mean, for me, Banchero, but, uh, you know, who knows? You think he's the best? You'd rather have him than Toshiwe? Well, I don't know. I mean, I... Be happy with either. Yeah. I mean, I'd be happy with Chet Holmgren, to be honest with you. You might be there. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 we need something in the middle. It'll be interesting, this draft. You know, I think that you have guys that are enamored with Chet Holmgren, and then you have the, uh, you know, could be Darko part two, you know. Brian? We're out these games. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I should have been on the Sacramento Kings. I'm really kicking myself in the ass. Yesterday, I loved the Golden State Warriors, but I think today's the spot where you fade them. The Kings, streaky team. We, everybody knows that. They've got two straight wins. I wouldn't be surprised if they won this outright, but I'm going to take the points here. I think it's a you know, one possession, maybe a win here for the Kings. Uh, I like that play. Joe, jumping on the Kings. Ah. <laughs> oh, I love the Kings. For myself, I'm looking at the Trailblazers and Spurs game, and it's a lot of points. I'm worried about that backdoor cover at the end. So I'm going to take the Spurs in the first half in this one. We got a line at eight and a half, and I think they come out nice and strong here, and then I don't have to worry about that end of game, what their mentality is in that last minute. So um, they've won the last four games in the first half against the Trailblazers. What about you, Mitch? The betting tools like the Kings, but I don't care. I hate the Kings. They play no <laughs> defense whatsoever. I just can't go near them. The weird thing is the Kings have actually been winning games recently. So they win in bunches. They lose in bunches. And no one plays meaningless games like the Sacramento Kings and the New York Knicks. I mean, these, these teams really get it going when the games mean absolutely zero. And uh, so... Brian could be onto something, but I'm certainly not willing to uh, willing to go there. I mean, they beat the Rockets twice by three and five. So. Yeah, but they they've been winning games. Yeah, I guess they soft schedule, but they've been winning. You're right. So we got blown out by the Heat. Since uh, De'Aaron Fox been out, uh, the lineup, Davion Mitchell, rookie point guard, stepped into the starting point guard spot, uh, averaging 20-plus points. Uh, gives him a little bit more of a defensive uh, capability on there. Fox, great offensively, th- a defense liability, giving up about 20 points per game. With Davion Mitchell in there, he's limited in that. So uh, I'm actually a Sacramento Kings fan. So, I mean, <laughs> that's why I know so much about the team and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Kings today plus the six points might be a look to 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 look at, but I don't know, man. It's just it's just hard to bet the Kings, you know. It's just hard to bet the Kings. <laughs> it's Mills the Sacramento Kings fan. <laughs> He's the, <laughs> the only. They have a fan. The it's only Mills. that lives in L.A. too. So how's that? Oof. You know. So I know you're paying Mills. I'm a Chargers fan. So. What if the Cavs beat the Nets in the playing game? You know, it's like. It certainly could happen. <laughs> it's like, what if the Nets end up in that lottery? They get to Shiway. Oof. Just imagine that revenge factor. The Cavs beating the Nets. Karis LeVert beating, his, beating the Nets. The team that traded him to get Kyrie, to get everybody that's supposed to be better than you. And, you know, that would be crazy. Karis LeVert, he gets traded several times a season now. <laughs> it's, it's this guy. It's like... He's going for the what's the what was the pitcher the guy you know it's like I would say he was on the White Sox but Edwin Jackson he gets the Edwin he's like going for the Edwin Jackson award you know gets to play for every team. Thaddeus Young in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's just like generally those guys um they do okay for themselves though. Levert is a good player. It's. He just always seems to be the trade bait guy. You got value on the market. I mean, I, I mean, guess people can have different opinions about him too. But yeah, I agree. He's a very good player. I guess it depends how how good he is. people think he is. Looks better to some than others, but yeah, I think he's a great player. Not a superstar, but any guy you can fit into any lineup for sure. This will be one of the best NBA drafts in a while, too, so that's going to change some things, too. This is a very deep draft, you know, super deep, I think. We're talking Chet Holmgren, 14th pick. (laughs) Well, 8th pick. 8th pick. It's gonna go a lot higher than that. I don't. Well, I, 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 I don't. I don't see it. You know, I don't see what everybody else sees. I, I don't see it there. You know, and it's like I understand that he can pass the ball, that he can do all those things, but he's gonna get erased. Is what's gonna happen? And it's like there's no way that he could go up against like. You think like when Zion Williamson like comes in on this guy, you know, it's like, what's he going to do? Take the charge. Good luck. Good luck. You know, he'll end up in six different pieces. You know, (laughs) I just don't think he's got the, the toughness, you know, he's probably a guy that could, would be best served by staying another year. Is he, is he, has he declared for the draft? Oh, he's going. Yeah, he's penciled in pretty much like number two, number one. So it's one of those things. He's going to be a bust for somebody. He's, he's, he's got so he's got skills. He's he's, enough, but he's way now. too skinny. Oh, I know. I know. He's had, I, I watched a video of him playing with uh, Suggs where he plays shirtless. And the guys, I mean... <laughs> His his waist is like the size of maybe my two arms put together. He makes Mobley look like he has Earl Campbell thighs. 
It's like he's like I mean he's like look huff. Yeah, it's like I mean this guy's a stick. Yeah, he's in the weight room. That's for sure, but it's you know. And then when we say skills, I remember this guy named Andrew Baranelli or whatever, Toronto Raptors number one pick. I mean, he had skills and stuff, but I don't remember him too much in the NBA after that. He kind of reminds me of him with his physique a little bit. Bradley, right? John Bradley. Sean Bradley is who I think of, yeah. Darko. There's been a lot of these guys like this guy. KD? (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, if you look back at that Texas team with Kevin Durant, it's like, how does that team not win a championship? You got Tristan Thompson and Kevin Durant. You got, I mean... I don't you know. know. I, I just look, you can just look back to Oklahoma City. How's that team not win a championship? Oh, I know. Well, because Kevin, Dur- the reason why Oklahoma City didn't win a championship because Kevin Durant is kind of a wimp about the whole thing. That's why. Yeah, they- then, he, then, then he was a fucking pussy, and he has to go play with right. three All Stars in that's, Golden State. That's Otherwise, exactly what it is. It's like thing. he had his team. That he, this is why I, I think Durant is one of the best players. But this is what I have against him and that Warriors team that won is that. He had his team. He built this team. This was his guys. And he and it's like he couldn't win with them. It's like well, this these were your and guys. Then, and, then, and then he's recruited by us. I mean, like, if you're a 73 win team, you're not like who's why are you recruiting somebody to join your team? Like, you're the best team in history. You don't need to like become unbeatable. And that's that's what annoyed me about that Golden State team. It's just that oh, yeah. it's like no sport. I oh mean, it's just this is fucking pussies. Well, this is the problem with with the NFL. This is the problem with professional sports since since free agency really has taken hold like this. This is really the problem. This is why I'm I can't be a fan of these guys. I'm not going to go out and buy an NFL jersey of a guy that's going to be playing on the Indiana Pacers next week. You know, it's like I'm not going to do it. You know, it's like I can't buy into the system. It's like back in the day Fine. The players, they were stuck on teams, right? But it's like, there has to be something more to it. This and the transfer portal are, are, are the two most ridiculous things. The transfer portal is out of hand. You know, it's like, so I get beat out for my starting position, so I'm going to transfer somebody else, somewhere else, so I can get beat out there. I mean, that's really what 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 is going on here in the transfer portal. Once in a while, you have a guy that, you know, that really does it. Most of these guys, it's like they get beat out by position. And then it's like, so there's two things going on. There's that in the transfer portal. And then I can make more money on this team as a college player, right? That's the new one is, is what it's going to be. I can make more money on this other team, on Michigan, on Alabama, or whatever. Texas A&M, where they're handing out checks now. Texas A&M, we got $20 million set aside for our recruits for these NILs. What? <laughs> it's like, what? Twenty million set aside for NILs for our new recruits. Yeah, who has the number one recruiting class in the country? You know, it's a surprise. Oh, we've—I flipped the Texas A&M. You didn't even take a campus visit. I don't care. <laughs> it's like that's really—that's what signing day was this year. I mean, and that's—and so what? No one's going to copy that next year. You don't think USC and UCLA have some massive boosters, right? I mean, these, you're going to see the emergence of some of these really big money schools. 
You yeah. know. Oh yeah. USC's right. Oh, they're gonna back. they're gonna be writing some after that with Lincoln Riley there. Oh boy, they're gonna be writing some checks. You know, mm. after that happened. You know, this that that was the worst thing that ever happened. You know, college sports was that the way that the way that they're doing it. I think the players need to get money. You can't take guys from the inner city or whatever, throw them in with a bunch of rich kids and expect them to not even be able to get a job and make money and, and, and live. I mean, that's not fair. But at the same time... Well, you see what happened with that. That's Roe Pryor. Yeah. Well, it's not just him. I mean, he's, he's one that... Um, he's one that, that came... That we saw, you know, with all that happening. But it's like, this happens all the time. It happened with Randy Moss. You know, it happened with Cam Newton. It happens with all these guys. You know, it's like, what do you think is going to happen? You know, it's not fair. You know, it's, they put them in an unfair situation. You can't win. You know, it's like, how could you make a kid go to college that doesn't come from a wealthy family, not have any spending money? I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thought process that he can't even go to McDonald's with the other kids and get a Big Mac because he doesn't have any money to do that. And you're expecting him, you're putting him in this situation to do that. You know, so when Randy Moss steals some guy's stereo, you know, or Cam Newton steals a guy's laptop, it's like, you know, surprise, you know, it's like, it, it's terrible that these things happened, but it's like, there, there has to be a better way, you know, called equitable, right? It's called the salary cap. No, you're, you're, you know? I've never even looked at it like that. Like, honestly, like uh, seeing the college athletes, you know, around those prestige universities, you know, all around the nice stuff and, you know, surrounded by people with money, they feel like they need to fit in, you know, they need to fit in. So they need to play this part or act a certain way. I never looked at that. I actually looked at it the opposite side to where I looked at it like, man, you have all this at your at your fingertips, you know, why would you do all this other stuff? But now that now since you put it like that. Yeah, that, that that makes a good point, actually. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these athletes, you know, these scholar, college athletes, they don't come from the money. But it's like you think, like you know, um, like if the Christian Leitner, um, you know, thing that they did on ESPN, he didn't come from money. You throw him in at Duke, you know, where it's like I don't know what the annual. Tr- wow, I'll tell you. Big Al will find out what the annual tuitions are in a couple of years. But uh, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, it's like 60 grand a year, right? Or something. Yeah. It's, it's, but I, I mean, I, I just think it's just, you know, when, when I went to school, you know, I mean, my family, we were, you know, whatever, upper middle class, but I didn't have money. I had to go work at the movie theater, or, you know, just a, get the extra money, you know, as a sophomore or whatever in college. But when you're playing on Michigan's football team, you don't have the spare time because no. all your spare time is spent. You're not allowed you to, but you're not even allowed to get the yes. job. So you, so you, yes. You can't, you can't supplement, you know, any money with, with work. So yeah, they should, they should definitely yeah. get, you know, they're not, all, but the thing is the players aren't even allowed to get a job. They're not even allowed to get a job. That's like, that was part of the problem. Now it's like, now they can just give the money for signing a, a bunch of baseballs, you know? It's like there has to be an in-between. And it's the same thing with the transfer portal, which I think the answer to the transfer portal is for, for college basketball, every team can, can sign two transfers out of the portal per year. And any player that goes into the portal and does not sign with the team 
because they've exhausted their options, has to sit for a year. And I think you'll see less players go into the portal. I think for football, it could be four or five and do the same thing. That Every team can only sign up to four or five guys out of the portal, and anyone that doesn't get signed has to sit for a year. You're going to see way less people in the portal and sticking it out if something like that happens. And I think for the licensing, there has to be a cap and maybe like a, a um, you know, something else that goes, you know, that the money goes somewhere else because that the Alabama quarterback was making a million dollars before he was ever named the starter is crazy. You know, it's crazy. Nick, Sa- Nick Saban was against it. And he's like, this guy's made over a million dollars. I haven't even named him a starter yet. That is crazy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, it's just going to make it tougher to compete, you know, with the schools that have the big boosters. Because the boosters can can basically say, like, say you own Shell Oil, you know, and say, okay, well, we're going to have, you know, the starting offensive line talk about how tough it is, you know, how tough we are as a company. Okay, here, you know, five million bucks each. I mean, that's, that's where we're going. That's where we're going with this. It's like who has the bigger alumni base, you know? So basically, if Harvard wants to control college football or college basketball, they have the, they have the most, right? So they would win. Anyways, it's a good discussion for another time. And, uh, you know, I'm sure something will happen, but... I doubt, I doubt, um, it will t- probably take, um, the guys who make the decisions are generally the people that benefit the most from things being one way or another. So that's what it will take to be on the wrong side of it. But, um, anyways, we got hockey today, Joe. Yeah, there's nine games in right. the NHL today. I don't want to so go with some pucks. Uh, yeah. Just before we start going over at Mills, do you do hockey at all or no? I do degenerate hockey parlay, so no. Okay, Big Al, you do though, right? Uh, I do. Oh, so Big Al. Yeah, I I do, but I, you know. Okay, well, what I'll do is we've got nine games. We'll look at the first four if anyone has an opinion in them because I know Jovan, you, and Mitch don't do them either. So we have the Florida Panthers taking on the Buffalo Sabres. This one kicks off in the next 45 here. That's a one o'clock Eastern game. Detroit and Ottawa, New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia Flyers and the New York Rangers. Um, Al, do you have an opinion? Sorry, I was. Uh, yeah, we talked about this uh, Buffalo Sabres team real quick on yesterday's show. I think they're in a pretty good spot to keep this one close. The Panthers are a very good team, but they'll be playing their second game in two nights. They're on the road, and uh, the Sabres have been playing some uh, much improved hockey, so I think they do keep this one close at least, and uh, wouldn't be completely shocked to see them pull the upset off either. So I'll take the Sabres plus the one and a half. Okay. Uh, Big Al, do you have any opinions in these first four? Um, I don't. So no. <laughs> Brian. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I got burned on the New Jersey Devils yesterday, blowing a, a huge lead. But I, I, they didn't scare me off. I'm right back on them today. Uh, Islanders two and eight. 
last 10 Sunday games and following an overtime Devils have won four of the last five uh, following an overtime game. So I'll take the New Jersey Devils money line. Okay. Mel's any degenerate bet in this one? Yeah, I'm actually looking at the over in this Buffalo game. Um, uh, I think I was looking at a stat that said that uh, Buffalo is uh, six. Uh, the last six games, they hit the over in this one. So I'm going to be actually looking at the over in this Buffalo game. Yeah, I like the over strong. It's a number of seven here, but these both these teams have been putting up the numbers like crazy. Actually, interesting, when we look at the dog here, the Buffalo Sabres, their team total is only two and a half. And take that over. We're paying some juice at minus 130 as well. But I'm with Al on this one. We look at the Sabres team, and they've been playing strong. So I think we can sprinkle the money line. Hawk line is definitely the safest. They've been keeping these games tight. Mitch, do you want to come in here with a... A magic eight ball in any of these games? I'm good. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Um, and then, you guys, I'll be going over all of these games on Puck and Crazy later. So I'm not sure who's going to join me. Al Ninos might join me. But um, for you guys here, let me just see which other game is in this time slot. I'm also looking at the New York Islanders, a team total over three and a half. We have this Islanders team. They're not known for these high-scoring games, but they're playing the New Jersey Devils. We saw the Devils in action the other night. They're allowing 4.5 goals in their last 10 games. We have Dawes expected in goal. He's allowing that 3.27. I think the Islanders easily come in and put up 3.5 Um and with that plus money at plus 128, I love it here. Sorokin is expected in goal for them. And they did win this last one, 3-2, to two, but the Devils' defense was playing better at that point, and the Islanders are averaging 3.1 goals per game. So I'm loving that in this time slot. Uh, the next five, you guys, we have the Minnesota Wild taking on the Washington Capitals, the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Vancouver Canucks. The Arizona Coyotes taking on the Chicago Blackhawks, Edmonton Oilers taking on the Anaheim Ducks, and the Dallas Stars taking on the Seattle Kraken. Brian, did you like any in this this five? Out of that grouping, I think I'm going to take a chance with the Vancouver Canucks here. Uh, it just seems like they're trying to suck you in here to the Golden Knights. Uh, for me, I think the Canucks uh, stand uh, stand tall at home here and get the win. So out of that group and just Vancouver. Okay. Uh, Big Al, did you have anything in the last part of hockey? Yeah, I mean, I've actually got a bunch of premium plays on all the wins. Okay. Um, I've got a triple pack in the NHL today. So, Perfect. Um, anything you can talk about or no? Um, you got to go on puck and crazy if you're. Uh, yeah, we need you on puck and crazy. Uh, I, I gotta go to sleep. <laughs> well, not sleep. not 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 today, but I mean, in general. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, my my favorite play. Brian just touched on it. I'll I'll add it. It's it's my favorite play of the three uh, games in the triple pack. It's it's the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, you've got a Vegas Golden Knights team. They're off back to back road wins, but. You know, that was against Seattle, and Seattle's the worst team in the Western Conference. Before that, they had lost seven straight road games. You've got a Vancouver Canucks team that, I mean, let's face it, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they still, in their minds, think they can. You know, they're eight games, you know, behind the uh, the last playoff seed right now. Vegas is one point behind the last playoff seed. But, you know, the Canucks, I mean, it's a, it's a must-win game as far as these games go. I, I, I would take Vancouver, especially at, you know, minus 110 here at home. What about uh, Al? Do you have any opinions on these five? 
Uh, I do. Uh, I kind of like the Capitals at home. Uh, slightly into the Canucks as well against the uh, the banged up Knights. I mean, no, actually, I'd probably stay away from that game. But I do like the Capitals here with the rest and home ice advantage against the Wilds, who have been playing some great hockey. But I think it's just a tough spot. They're coming off a big road win last night, and uh, I think it's two tough spots on two nights. Uh, I think the Capitals take advantage of that at home. Nice. Mills, any degenerates in here? Yeah, I'm actually going to piggyback off that same game right there. I'm looking at the Wild versus the Capitals. Um, I'm looking at the over in there. Both teams are excellent on offense. Minnesota scored three goals in the last nine games, uh, ranking fourth uh, shots on goal. And then you got the Capitals, too. They scored three goals, seven of the last ten games as well. So I'm going to be looking at the over in that game. Yeah, I think it's um, a strong play for the over there. I like the first period over, two over one and a half in that first period of that game is minus 136. So both these teams come out really strong in that first, and I can see it, especially with the rest that we've seen the Hurricanes on here. And then I like the over between the Edmonton Oilers and the Anaheim Ducks. We all know the Oilers suck, and they've got Mike Smith in net tonight, and we're going to see a lot of goals here. The Ducks will be able to put them up to help us get over, but the Oilers' offense doesn't suck, you guys. They have been averaging 4.9 goals per game in their last 10, just dominating. So I think we have a high-scoring one in that. You can get their team total over 3.5 at minus 118. Uh, Ducks' team total over 2.5 at minus 118 looks nice, too. I think both these teams get the points. Mitch, that's it for hockey. You can come back. Awesome. Anyone have any parlays or anything else they would like to uh, do? Prop, parlay, anything? I got a three-game parlay. Okay, Brian. I'll tell you what. This three-game parlay, I absolutely love it. I haven't loved the parlay in quite a bit. Sacramento Kings, LA Lakers, and the Pacers minus the points. Love those three. I'll throw out a parlay, three-teamer. Uh, Wizards, Celtics over, Lakers money line, and Trailblazers, Spurs over. I'll go Thunder with the points, and then Capitals money line. Oh, third one let me down yesterday. <laughs> Maybe stick to a two-teamer today. Uh, okay, how about the Oilers uh, Ducks over? I like that one a lot too. So Capitals, Oilers, Ducks over, and Thunder with the points for me. All right, since I'm aware at the parlay party, let me go ahead and join on in. I'm going to take the Pelicans plus two. I'm going to take them with the Moneyline uh, Toronto Raptors. Uh, both of those, you can add those up. That's a plus 200 parlay. You might be able to get better odds out there. Go For on. myself. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm going to take the Anaheim Ducks team total over two and a half. I'm going to take the Wild and Capitals first period over one and a half and the Knicks laying the five. Ducks, Coyotes, and Red Wings for me uh, pays 18 to 1. Kind of like the Coyotes today. I mean, the Blackhawks shouldn't be minus 200. No reason for that. I just used the parlay tool at the website. That's what came up. <laughs> He's a closet hockey fan. 
No, I, I, get, I, 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 get, I could show you my screen. It's, it's exactly what I did. I went to the parlay tool. I clicked best parlay. I took out tennis, put in three teams, generate parlay. Ten bucks pays one seventy eight sixty four. Nice. Yeah, I appreciate everybody in the uh, chat and the comments putting your little parlays and picks in there too. And I appreciate the guy that gave us the dono as well. We see you out there. Anything else? Nothing right. else from me. So you guys go check out those betting tools for those player props. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We appreciate all of you and, of course, all of our cappers. Make it a winning day. And uh, tomorrow should be a super light show. Um, so uh, we will see you then for the, uh, and of course, halftime tomorrow's game as well. Absolutely. Have a great day, everyone.